Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. Like they said, I'm Lana Reed, and welcome back to another week's edition of Don't Box Me In. There is a classic R&B song uh, by this group. McFadden and Whitehead, in which the lyrics go, ain't no stopping us now, we're on the move. I would sing it for you, but my singing is terrible. Um, but my guest today is a living example of these lyrics. Coach Frankie Picasso is truly unstoppable. She is a professional, certified life, business, and master coach trainer, full-time radio host of the Good Radio Network, author of two self-help books, Midlife Mojo, How to Get Through the Midlife Crisis and Emerge as Your True Self, and No Bull Allowed, How to Lose the Losers and Lasso in Love. I have to tell you, I had to practice that so many times. I was like, I'm (laughs) going to get tongue tied there. She leads, trains, supports, motivates, and inspires anyone in her path to produce exceptional results in their lives, and she continues to lead the charge as a champion for change. She's here today with us to share a little of her inspiration and motivation. I'm so happy to have her with me today, and with pleasure, welcome her to the show. Frankie, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Lana, thank you so much. What a great intro. <laughs> I just love that alliteration. I, had, I, had, I, had, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to get this right. I'm going to get on air. I'm going to be la, 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 la. So let me practice this a couple times, you know, so. But I got so well. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me today. Where am I talking to you from today, Miss Frankie? I'm actually just outside of about 45 minutes west of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Canada in the house. Thank you. Canada's in the house. There you go. (laughs) So, Frankie, you are truly, truly what we call team unstoppable, you know, helping others uh, bring the impossible to life. But before we get into all the wonderfulness that is Frankie, um, you've done so many unique things. I was reading your bio, um, and here you used to be in a uh, blues band. Is that something you still do? And what did you play and all of that stuff? Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm a drummer. Okay. And um, I don't still I don't play in the band now. Um, I was in a band last year, but I'm not in a band this year. But um, yeah, it, it was great. I loved it. And I'm not going to sing that song either because I'm the drummer. But <laughs> okay, so you do know the song I'm talking about, there, right? Uh, yeah, I know the song you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a good song. Good song. Oh yeah. So you're yeah. you're you're a drummer, okay? So and like I said, you know, I want to get through all this because I just think it's sure. so amazing that you know Frankie is all of these little things balled up in this little feisty little lady here. But you were also on a uh, dragon boat team. So first of all, tell everybody what dragon boat is, and then oh. when did it start for you? Dragon boating is absolutely amazing. It truly is. And a lot of women started dragon boating um, with breast cancer because the breast cancer survivors needed an, an exercise that they could do to, mo- to move their arms in a certain way to help bring those muscles back. And what's amazing about dragon boating is that you can be three years old and you can be a 100 years old and you can do it. It's okay. just the most fascinating exercise. The boat is... Um, it's really long. I, I don't know how many feet it is, but it seats uh, about 20 people side by side. So mm-hmm. it's very long. And and the races are short. They're like two to five minutes. So 500 meters and, and 1,000 meters. They're very, very quick uh, and, and just a ton of fun. And there's dragon boat races around all the countries mm-hmm. every weekend, probably starting like April, May. 
Okay. So like you're you're sitting there, you know, drinking your latte and just and you're paddling. Oh no no no. I'm 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 asking like so was Frankie just sitting there one day drinking her latte and said, you know, hey, I think I'm gonna, you know, do dragon boat racing. No, you know what I was doing? (laughs) I (laughs) it, it was it was great. I was working for the provincial government. And my job was called Special Advisor for Spirit. And I had to come up with initiatives and programs for 60,000 people to make them a little bit happier in their job uh, without giving them any money. Now, there was – because it's government, they had centralized instead of decentralized. And so the folks in Toronto – you know, it was felt that they got more perks and they got more stuff. And and the outer regions kind of felt like – lost cousins. And so I, I was thinking, what can we do to uh, make sure that everybody gets involved with one another, networks a little bit more, and moves around? So Dragon Boating was it. One of um, my peers was on the Seniors Master Dragon Boat team, and he goes, you got a Dragon Boat. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, what, what is this thing? Well, I was hooked. I was hooked from day one, and it was it's so much fun. It is such a blast. Yeah, it really is a good time. Okay, cool. I, you know, you just kind of don't figure out like, okay, this is, uh, you know, something I'm going to have. And I was the oldest person. I was the oldest person on our team. So, you know, I mean, I was living proof that anybody can do it. <laughs> go Frankie, go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one more thing here, uh, that I, I think, well, like I said, the whole bio, the whole resume is amazing to me, but, uh, what I was reading along and it also says here, that you were a kickboxing promoter. So we've got drummer, we've got dragon boat. Now we're mm-hmm. doing the kickboxing promoter. How, how does all of this come into your life? Wow. Yeah. Um, in my early twenties, I was dating a, um, a gentleman who was a boxing coach. And through that, I got into boxing and I worked with a team of people who promoted uh, professional boxing, but like gentleman boxing. So weekly boxing shows. Okay. And through the weekly boxing shows uh, came a young man in, and he was a uh, 10-time champion at the time, uh, world champion kickboxer. And he wanted our organization to put on a kickboxing uh, championship for him, the world's. And the guys that I worked with were kind of purist boxers, and mm. they really didn't like kickboxing. And I hadn't been to a kickboxing show. So I said, take me to a show, and I'll see what I can do. So we went to a show, and it was like such high energy and men and women both doing it, and I loved it. I loved it. Like fell in love immediately. It was like the best of martial arts meets the best of boxing, and it's uh-huh. kind of like boxers with brains, you know? <laughs> okay. So a little Most higher quality. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. like, oh God, these guys can actually speak, and you know. Uh, yeah, so, I know, right? Not your uh, your athlete. Yeah. Your yeah. stereotypical athlete, let me put it like that. Correct. <laughs> well, you know, you get enough knocks in your head. How can you, you know? But anyway, yeah. so so I went to this thing and I loved it. And I came back to the guys and I said, you know, he's fantastic. The shows are fantastic. High energy. Are you sure you don't want to do it? And they're like, no, don't want to do it. I said, well, I'm going to do it because mm. I love it. And, you know, I guess I've always kind of been a little bit unstoppable. And, mm-hmm. and I figured in my head, if I can do it in my head, it can translate into reality. Why so, you, yeah, we went ahead and, and we put on the world championships and they were fantastic. And, you know, not just because I did it, but it was, there was a lot of people against me doing it. Former trainers, former people, you know, who were involved with this individual who, um, were kind of from the unseemly side of, of town and, and, really tried to to put the kibosh on it but we got through and we had a fantastic fight 
and okay. a bunch of fights. And I, it was great because I matchmake the fights. I did the TV <laughs> deal for the fights, like all stuff I've never done before. But hey, you know what? You can do whatever you want to do. That's my there motto. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And you know, I'm thinking that, you know, you coming in as a female promoter, there probably was some, um, you know, some little tension there with it oh, being, yeah. for the most part, a, a male dominated kind of sport. So, you know, absolutely. There's some yeah. more Frankie being unstoppable there. So how long did you do that for? Um, we worked on that. That took a, a little bit over a year to put together. And after that fight, that was kind of it for kickboxing. <laughs> Went back to boxing and, uh, <laughs> for a little while anyway. Okay. Yeah. But my kids, my kids were like, mom, please don't ever do that again. It, you know, it's, it's it it? your time, right? You're an entrepreneur. Yeah. It, it, it's like, there's no office hours. It's 24 hours a day. Yeah. You know, that's where it is. Yeah, that's what I tell people all the time. Like, you know, it's so rewarding to be an entrepreneur, but you have to understand your grind is almost 24 hours a day versus, you know, if you work for somebody, you punch in at eight, you clock out at five, you know, that's exactly. the time yeah. that you give that. But like when you're, when it's you, it's you, you're the secretary, you're the, you know, you empty the trash cans, you you negotiate the deal. So everything is all you. So that yeah, is I, correct. I, I, can see it, I can see it taking a lot of time from you and the family. But it's a labor of love, right? It's a labor it of love. Yes. I mean, and it's something that your spirit just drives you to do. Like you wouldn't, you know, you just don't feel at ease, at rest with yourself unless you're doing, you know, your entrepreneurial thing. If, if that's in you, it's not yeah, for everyone. But, that's but right. that it's not for everyone. It's not for everybody. But if it's for you, I mean, you just can't live your life any other kind of way but that. So, you know, it's it's a it's a sickness that entrepreneurs have, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> so let's move on to um what what's truly makes you unstoppable and uh that is uh, some situations that took place in two thousand and three. Mm-hmm. And um so this is another awesome thing that you uh, do, or, or I'm not sure if you still do, but you also ride motorcycles, right? So you like the motorcycle chick? I was a motorcycle chick, <laughs> and I, I, I'm trying to talk my husband into it again. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I'm not currently riding, okay. and, and, and not because I don't want to. Okay, but you're still a biker babe, huh? In my heart. In my heart, <laughs> I'm a biker babe. I, You know... Alana is, 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 you know, she's referring to an accident that I had. And the only reason I'm really not riding is because anatomically it hurts. Okay. It really, it just hurts. The okay. way they put the pins and needles and everything, it, it's just not comfortable. Okay. Well, why don't we go ahead and tell the audience what happened in 2003 so we can all be on the same page Okay. Here. Well, I was leading a ride, um, a motorcycle ride. I belonged to three motorcycle clubs at the time, and I was leading a ride of the Acme Motorcycle Club that we I had belonged to. And... Um, there was a couple bikes behind me, some big bikes, you know, loud bikes. And, and we were just doing what we normally do on an evening. We would just drive through the country and just take different routes and, and just kind of sightsee and enjoy the night air. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, a car, I was on a, a back highway, but, uh, it was country roads and, and there was no intersection, um, shown there or anything like that. But a car ran a stop sign and he crossed the highway into me. And there, I just, I didn't even see him. I mean, it was just all I saw was a blur of red and boom, I'm, you know, flying through the, the night sky. And, and when I landed, um, man, it was just like, just lights, just lights, you know, mm-hmm. painful lights, you know, <laughs> I had broken both my, unbeknownst to me, I'd broken both my femurs, my hip, my pelvis, um, just about everything below my waist. Wow. And I had an open fracture. So I was actually, you know, the bone was, through the skin and bleeding and, oh, and wow. I'm just amazed 
that I'm still alive. It, mm-hmm. it really was truly a miracle that I'm still here. And and the guys were freaking out, and and the driver was freaking out, and everybody was freaking out. And I was <laughs> like, like, okay. The the fire truck came first. They couldn't do anything. And and the police came, and she's like, you know, it was a woman, and and she was holding my hand. She goes, yeah, you know, we just have to wait for the ambulance. Just have to wait. And they seemed like they took forever. And of course, they had to take me to a trauma. I was in the middle of the country, and they had to take me to a trauma center. So they had to take me to an interim hospital to uh, stabilize me. And my brother was an emergency uh, doctor, and he met me at that hospital. And he told me um, how lucky I was that one of the best doctors for emergencies trauma had come up from another major trauma center, um, had done what he did to me, and then sent me on to, you know, the center I was going to go to for the next while and and they ended up spending about six months in the hospital uh recovering from that six months wow and you're saying um you're still having problems with that to this day i still have pain i still have pain um the uh, about a month or so after i got home from the hospital they put a rod they, i have a lot of metal parts i i, I joke that they put my motorcycle back <laughs> inside me but I, I have i have a rod inside the femur on the right side and that rod broke so in effect, I had a broken leg and I had to walk on that for about a year until I could get a surgery because they were so backed up and uh, I was being nice and, you know, thinking everybody should go before me. And then it got to a point where it's like, no, it's my turn. <laughs> I know, I'm right? I'm done. Yeah, I'm unstoppable, but I'm not that unstoppable. It's like, look, okay, it has to stop somewhere, okay? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, Frankie, we're going to take our first commercial break of the day. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about 2003 for you. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, 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 and welcome back. Today I am with Coach Frankie Picasso. She is the uh, radio host for the Good Radio Network. And before the commercial break, uh, she was telling us about her her motorcycle days back in 2003. Now, um, you said they kind of fixed you up and and stitched you up there and tried to put you back together there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But in 2003... When that happened, you say in your bio, there was like a whole bunch of a barrage of other things that were going on at that particular time that, you know, is truly amazing that you were going through this. But then I had to also deal with this as well. I think I read like something like 11 days before that you had just filed for legal separation or divorce. or Okay. Okay. Could you go into that? Yeah. um, Yeah, it was it was only like 11 days before I um Ridden my motorcycle down to a lawyer and, and gotten a separation, a legal separation. And the day of the accident, my, my husband had, he came and he said, um, he goes, well, now, uh, you know, I'm going to forgive you all your transgressions. And I'm like, well, there weren't any, but okay. And I'll take you back. And I said, you know what? The only thing I didn't hit was my head. <laughs> That's still working. Yeah, it's still working. It's not happening. It's okay. not happening. And, um, you know, to, he, he was an alcoholic. He was abusive verbally, physically to me, to my kids, and he was not their father. Um, and it, it was just, it, it was time. He had to go. He, he just had to go. And, and I didn't care how difficult it was going to be. He had to go. And I had a lot of pressure, you know, from his parents to keep him. And, um, it, it just wasn't happening. So that was the first of, you know, we actually went through the divorce and the settlement. You know, he's trying to get all this money and all this stuff mm-hmm. while I'm like, I, I mean, I am drugged up. 
Lana, okay? I mean, I'm on morphine. I, I can't even say my name anymore, but they're trying to negotiate all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> just go. Just, just go. Just get them out of my life. Just whatever. And, you know, I mean, stuff goes with that. You know, you own yeah. a home and, and you know, it's a bank and a remortgage and I'm in a hospital. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I never thought I'd be in a hospital that long. And so, you know, you, you go through all this stuff. You have to find attorneys. You have to find all of that stuff. So, yes, he was the first of, of it, you know, goodbye. And then about three weeks, four weeks in, I got a letter from my employer um, stating that the job had been reorganized. And, and so I, they didn't need me anymore. Mm. And I could, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff in government where you're seconded and you go back to stuff. But it was just mm. like, oh, OK, great. I don't have my job that I love. Mm-hmm. And I had, and, and being a special advisor was a, a real treat, uh, in government because it was very entrepreneurial and it was given to me by the secretary of cabinet and it was very special. And the deputy who was going to be taking this on didn't like, um, he didn't like it. So he buried it basically. And, and so unfortunately, uh, the good folks back there kind of probably lost some programs. But, um, yeah, it was really too bad, really too bad. So that was the next hit while I'm lying there going, oh, no, I don't have a job either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a really bad country song. <laughs> yeah, let, let's let's play it backwards and I get it all back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then what happened? Oh, I came home and my dog died and my poor little girl, she got out, she got loose and the kids couldn't get her. And, and when animal control was going after her, she was deathly afraid of anything in a uniform. So she wouldn't go near them. And, uh, yeah, so two, both of my dogs got out, but the one came back and the, and, and the other one, she froze to death, I think, in the middle of the night because she'd never been outside. And, and so that was, you know, pretty horrific three days before Christmas. And then the rod in the leg broke and, and just like one thing after another just kept piling up. And it was, you know, you're going, why? Oh, why? Oh, why? But I never said why God did this accident happen. I always kind of figured that there was a reason for that, that I hadn't been listening and that uh, I needed to pay attention and that I was probably supposed to do something else. And, and I guess, you know, that was it. So that was the one thing that I was kind of clear on. But it was very interesting, and I know that you went through, you know, a horrific tragedy yourself. And and so when these things happen to us, and and you know, your first thing is why, mm-hmm. why me? Yes, indeed, yes. Yeah, you know, why me? And now, how am I going to move on? Mm-hmm. I was deathly afraid of becoming a vegetable. I really was. I was, I, you know, first thing I said to the because to the, the insurance company doesn't ever want to give you anything. But the first thing I said to the lawyer was, you know what? Um, I need to get a laptop or something in here. I need to go to school online. I need to do something while I'm sitting here because I cannot vegetate. True. And and so that's how um, I started with kind of coaching. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you and, know, you had just had that, you know, this. there's something better for me out there. I, I'm going to make some, you know, steps. Like you said, a lot of people, when we, we get in these situations, we kind of want to sit and sulk, you know, and right. you know, lick, our, lick our wounds and, you know, woe is me and, you know, this is, you know, but to, to take that perspective of this is happening for a reason. Let me find out this reason. Let me try to navigate myself through these murky waters and um, find out what that reason is because I'm, I'm supposed to blossom from this. You know, um, 
and and I think you know that's why people like you know Frankie come along because some people need coaching with that you know it's not always visible it's not always clear for everybody mm-hmm. but you know it's just awesome and amazing that you know you had that forethought to say wait a minute you know this this is the now but this is not the final destination yeah and it was a real spiritual journey and and it was interesting too because while I'm there and I was in really bad shape and the nurses were like could you go and talk to that person and you know help them through this and I'm like yeah okay I'll just wheel myself over <laughs> just give me another shot of morphine we'll make it happen come on we'll make it happen come on team exactly that was it exactly but one of the one of the things that I did learn um and I wrote about it in the book because in coaching we we talk about underlying automatic commitments and we all know it, like a commitment is is something that we do and we're conscious and we make a vow and we're going to you know do something but so much of our lives are are underwritten i guess uh that we we aren't successful not because our conscious mind doesn't want us to be but our subconscious mind doesn't want us to be and i learned that truth um in physio i went to physio one day and and, and the physiotherapist said okay now just move your leg and i couldn't like one leg was like totally straight, thought I'd never bend it again. The other one was bent. So he goes, move it. And I'm like, I'm trying. And he's like, no, 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 you have to move your leg. And I'm like, I'm trying. And he got me in tears. And finally I realized, I said, you know what? Um, I, and I moved it just a little bit. And I thought, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. I was committed to not moving my leg, even though my head's going, you want to walk again, Frankie, you never want, you don't, you know, you have to walk again. Like this is not acceptable. And, and it was that there was going to be pain. I didn't want to, I, you know, my commitment was don't move it because it's going to hurt. And, and so I realized that how we translate that now to so many people, um, in their lives that they don't do things because it's going to hurt or things are going to change for them. And even though their conscious mind is saying, I want this, we see by their actions and, and by their failings, you know, that they don't. True. And, and so it's a real lesson for everybody who, if you don't have in your life what you want to show up, Go inside and, and figure out why. Cause it's yeah. not because you're, you know, you're not doing it right. You could be doing it right. It's just that somebody's inside you that uh, I think there's a new movie coming out about a little girl with all the, the, you know, people in her head that, that run her. Yeah. I always talk about the members of the board, you know, it's a little <laughs> cartoon movie coming out. And, and it's true. There's that one of your members of the board, um, doesn't want you to succeed. True. You know, and you know, I find this when I'm, I'm interacting with people. A lot of times you hear people say this generic, you know, oh, I want to be happy. I want to, but then I watch their actions and it's like, clearly your words are not matching your actions, you know, and right. we need to get, we need to get those on a court so we can have this, I want to be happy, you know, materialize, you know, but you know, like I said, you know, what you're thinking sometimes is not really what you're thinking. Sort of, so right. to speak. Yeah. Right. And your thoughts yeah. lie to you. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it, it is. And, you know, I was reading some of the stuff that you wrote, Lana. I'm like, oh, my God, we're like so much the same. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. You know, you that's, a, that's a great one. Yeah. But I'm going to wing this, you know, along the way, I'm going to figure it out. But until then, you know, we're just going to keep on grinning and trugging. So something's going to click. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, I learned that from my dad. My dad was, you know, how are you? I'm fantastic. He's there always fantastic. There you, you know, go. He was in the hospital getting heart surgery. I'm fantastic. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you know, but he is. You know, and and that's the way to present yourself. And if you keep telling yourself you're fantastic, you will be. 
Half the battle is the energy that you put out there into the universe. You know, I like to tell people that, you know, if you just keep on, keep on sticking that positive stuff out there, you know, it's going to reflect back to you. But, you know, you you know, you know, counter these people, you know, and I, I, I like to say they're walking around like they're sucking on lemons, just miserable. and. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, of course, your life is going to continuously be like that. You're not going to have any positive energy come your way because, you know, people are not going to be attracted to that. Good things are not going to be attracted to that. So your life is going to stay in that state. But let's try the other way like your dad i'm fantastic and let's see some fantastic come and stick itself back on you so you know um you know that's part of the the growth that we have as individuals too you know um is is learning how to project more positive energy out there absolutely for sure yeah so you've got this so you were in the hospital you got the laptop and you started the coaching um what what did that kind of merge itself grow as manifest itself into um from that little laptop there well, I took I took um, a course. I took a coaching course, and then um, I took everything that they had, and then I became a teacher for them. <laughs> and 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 that was really great. And nobody had any idea that I was in pain or that anything you know was untoward or anything like that until one of my my coworkers asked me about me. And I, oh, I told her about the accident and she's like, "Oh my God, you're unstoppable!" And, and that's where it kind of came from—the unstoppable handle. Unstoppable. Frankie. I guess I am because nobody heard it. You know, I would go to doctors and, you know, I have to go through all this stuff because I was going through the court case and they deem me to be um, catastrophic and, mm-hmm. and, and all of this stuff. And, but they go, but your makeup is on and your hair is done. And I go, <laughs> even in the hospital, I had lipstick on. And, <laughs> and it, I said, because if I, if my outer looked like my inner, I would kill myself. And that was, mm-hmm. I was dead serious about that. And I think that's part of that faking it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that. If I look like deaf, I would be deaf. So, you know, you have to keep trying to, to want to be here and be a part of this world, you know, in any way that, that does it for you. Yeah, look your best even if you don't look like it, you know. I mean, right. if you don't feel like it on the inside, you, you still look your your best, you know. Put that now, lipstick. what happened with that, though, Lana, is that I would, you know, they send you to psychologists and, and all kinds of stuff. And they're like, well, you're not in pain. Look at you. Look how good you look. And I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with that. You know, like they couldn't see past the mask. And so, you know, we all walk around with a mask and whether it's makeup or, or whatever, we, you know, yeah. many of us shield ourselves from, from, you know, the pain of our lives, let's say. So that was really kind of ignorant of him, um, of several of them actually not to get that. But, mm-hmm. you know, we all walk around with a little something. And especially as a a professional person, you know, somebody in that field, you have to understand, we're trained to understand that even though somebody's, oh, yeah, I'm fine, you know, everything's great, you know, to kind of look at that person a little bit longer and kind of see the under, you know, it's like layers, you know, look under the layers and see, hmm, maybe this person really isn't okay. And that's, you know, in your situation, you know, especially somebody who you would think that deals with uh, people in pain continuously, you know, uh, people have different tools and mechanisms in which they deal with that to say, oh, let me look at Frankie a little bit longer and say, yeah, I hear her saying she's fine. She's got the makeup on and everything, but mm, she, I'm just not getting that sense in my gut that she's actually fine. Let me, let me sit with her a little little longer and see exactly what's going on here, you know, but uh, you know, you would hope that. Like Smokey so- Robinson. You know, they, they sent me many times, and I just couldn't even believe it. Many times they would send me, and they would send you to these doctors, and they would, they'd measure your scars. Like mm. they would take out a tape measure, and they would like just turn you over and measure it and, and talk to somebody. Like you're just a hind of beef. Mm. That was just so, so insensitive. 
Yeah, so insensitive. And they couldn't understand that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> you know, and I had, I had one doctor tell me, um, that I'm, don't date. He goes, men hmm. are going to like those scars, so don't date. Oh like, my. you're just setting yourself up for, you know, failure. And, and another one said, gee, what, a, what, you know, your commodity as a woman has just been depleted by about 33%. Well, screw and, you, medical field. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you guys are in the medical field. Thank you so much. You know, uh, thank you for, for, you know, making me feel oh, so much better. For thank coming you here. very much. Well, you're going through that on top of like, you know that you've got all this stuff and you know that it hurts and you can't walk. And, and, you know, I mean, I was in a wheelchair for a long time and, and, and finally I'm walking now, but you know, you're going through all of that and then they heap this other crap on top of you. And then you've got, you know, if you're, any, if anybody's in an MVA, call me because I'll help you trend, you know, get through all this stuff. Um, and then the insurance company is like, well, we don't want to pay you. You know, you, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, please. Like, have oh, you seen me? <laughs> oh, MJ, hold on a second. Let me give you the full picture front and back. Frankie, hold on with me. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm hanging out today with Coach Frankie Picasso. She's the author of uh, two books, Midlife Mojo and, oh, let's see if I can get this right, No Bull Allowed, How to Lose the Losers and Lasso in Love. Uh, Yay! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, a little cowboy theme there. So, uh, we were, we were getting Frankie through 2003 and the accident and you started coaching and stuff. And I want to make sure, um, I spend uh, some time on a, a lot of things that have de- developed for you along the way. One of the things that came about from the coaching, I'm going to assume is this wonderful thing you've got going on, the Good Radio Network. Um, what, what is all that about and when did you start that and how did, how did you come up with the idea for that? Thank you. Um, can I backtrack just for a sec, though? Because so, some stuff came up uh, when when we were talking, and I, I think it's important uh, not to lose it yet for for your audience. I think um, I know that people might be listening, going, "I can't do that. I'm not like you." Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, you don't know what you can bear, and I'm sure that you can make testimony to this, Lana, that you do not know what you can bear until you're in the middle of it. So never say never, because yep. you have no idea. When I was in the hospital, I kind of did an informal survey. When I was in the rehab hospital, informal survey went around going um, positive or negative. Uh, parents, were your parents positive? Were they negative? Were they one of each? Like, because it, it, it is interesting. Like, why are some people able to get through stuff and other people live in it? You know, mm-hmm. and just can't get past what happened to them. Like my my neighbor, you know, she broke her fingernail and you thought she'd broken her back. Like. <laughs> Really, literally, truly. And I'm like, are you uh-huh. kidding me? Like, please. You know? <laughs> but it was interesting. You know, so I know that you're really close to your parents. Are your parents positive, negative, one of each? Like, what did you have to, mine was well, well, one really positive, positive, dad, one really negative. Oh, are they? <laughs> both They're of both them positive? positive. Both positive, yes. Awesome. Yeah. And, and so I don't know if it makes a difference or not. I have no idea. You know, if, if you've never seen anybody positive, maybe it does, but I had one of each. Um, my mom was like chicken little and my dad was like, everything's fantastic. You know, <laughs> it's like, who do you want to be? And, and, and I think that's the real question. I was talking to my friend yesterday, you know, telling her about, Oh, what was me? And then, but the real question was, how does that benefit me? How does that mm-hmm. benefit me to stay there? And it doesn't. 
it doesn't benefit me, so we need to find ways to, to move out of there. The good radio network actually um, is is a long time in coming. First, there was a few other shows that I had. Uh, Mission Unstoppable went for about five years, and that was a great show. It, I interviewed people who were unstoppable. So you would have been a guest on Mission Unstoppable. People who were unstoppable in their lives. And most of them were authors, and they had written about it in one way, shape, or form. The um, I did it for long enough that I thought, okay, I need to do something new and different. And I had my Midlife Mojo show, and I had Babe and the Bachelor show. I had a bunch of different shows going on, and a hypnotherapy, psychobabble show. But then the Good Life, um, the Good Radio Network, um, I was off for about two years, and I thought I need, I want to do a show, but it has to be a special show. It has to be something that has a lot of meaning for me. And the Good Radio Network um, came out of what can I do to change the world, even if I'm one person. So the guests on the Good Radio Network are people who have answered that question for themselves. What can I do to change the world, even if I'm one person? So whether they're an organization or an individual, they're doing something, big or small, um, and probably not being recognized for it, which I thought, I'm going to recognize people for what they're doing, um, even though they, they're not asking for it. Uh, because I want to show the world is that it's not all bad. People think that, oh, it's such a negative place to live in now, where, you know, uh, we're not going to be around for too much longer. The end is coming, like all of this stuff. And I'm like, wait, there's like amazing people out there doing a lot of good stuff in the world, whether they're saving the environment or they're saving people or, you know, they're, they're growing food. They're showing people how to do all kinds of stuff all over the place. Uh, there are bright lights. And I think that we need to recognize that and balance that scale because it isn't all negative. And I thought, you know what? Not everybody wants to hear negative news. They want to hear some positive stuff too. I choose not to, to watch CNN or listen to, to news. I know it's going to find me if I need it. Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, my husband comes home every day. Do you know who died? You know? <laughs> like, oh, I know. And I don't care. <laughs> Thanks for ruining my happy bubble, dear. <laughs> But he's like the antithesis to my to my closet. It's perfect. I mean, really, he, he was my my reason for uh, for being. But that's it. I mean, there's so many people like him out in the world, and and I thought, no, I need to balance this, and we need to find these beautiful people. And so I wanted to start a network. So the network is just starting. I started this show in October, but the network, and hopefully, you know, people like you can come, and um, will be other hosts who want mm-hmm. to have positive. And put positive stuff out there into the world. And, and that's what I hope to do. But it's not just having a show. Okay. I say it's radio that does a world of good. So I'm not just talking, we're doing. So okay. whether it's involving financially, in kind promotion or whatever, the people that I've chosen to, to have, who have core projects that I'm bringing on for the radio station, we are helping them in, in real way. Okay. So, so it's let, not let just me- talk. So let me make sure I'm, I'm clear and I'm understanding. So if we're walking around this world and we notice somebody who's doing some awesome stuff in their community for mm-hmm. their community. So do we, you know, email Frankie and say, hey, I have this wonderful person yes. that's doing this. And then you guys will, you know, go about interviewing that person. Or is it just you're looking for radio hosts that are just doing phenomenal things in this world? One and both. both. Okay. Um, I want people to contact me if they know somebody who's doing amazing stuff and, and not just stuff for money, right? Like mm-hmm. true. they're volunteering true. Their, their time or, or their efforts to do things. Um, and I'm also, I'm not quite at the point 
to bring hosts on yet. We're going for a Kickstarter campaign this summer and right. hoping to raise enough money so that we can have our own branded network somewhere and ha- be able to have all those hosts with us. Um, but right now it really is about, um, finding the stories. And I'm, I'm in the, I'm developing a couple more shows too. So okay. not just that one show, but finding those stories right now, recognizing those people who are doing great and wonderful things that need to be done mm-hmm. that people don't know about okay. necessarily. Maybe they awesome. do. Maybe they don't. So everything from like mercy ships, you know, who people okay. do know about who, who deliver um, healthcare to the poorest of the poor in the world for free to um, my friend who's listening right now, Gina Woods from uh-huh. Owie Bow Wowie, who uh-huh. you know, brings stuffed, a stuffed animal um, that she is, that she has developed into hospital for children who nobody goes to see because there's oh. 8 million kids in hospitals who don't get visitors. Hmm. And they need somebody to be their friend and their comfort to go through x-rays or MRIs or, you know, they have a cancer or they have what, you know, illnesses that keep them in the hospital for a long time. Um, and, and that's just wonderful. So people like Gina and people like Mercy Ships and, you know, people awesome. like that. Awesome. You know? Awesome. You know, I, I have said this over and over again and people probably will be sick of me saying it, but I'm going to say it again. You know, one of the lessons that my grandmother left me with before she passed, she used to always tell me, when they put you six feet under, the world should be a better place because you were, you were here. And, right. you know, I've always tried to live my life like that. And, you know, it's just, it's just amazing when you meet uh, kindred, kindred spirits, like-minded people who also, you know, have that same philosophy. So I just think it's awesome. It's, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. You know, what you're doing, not what you're trying to do, but what you are doing. Um, because, you Thank know, you. I've, I've also, it's, it's like a domino effect. You know, once Frankie starts, then the next person starts and the next person starts. And then, you know, we'll look down the line and we have this beautiful thing in the world. This, it's a better, better place. You know, it has to start somewhere. It has to start right. somewhere. Right. And, and I think that, that that was the whole thing is that I think, a lot of people want to do it. They don't know how to do it. And so I thought, well, people say, well, what can I do? I'm just one person, right? So so it really is, well, Lana's doing it. Why don't you find out what she's doing and how she's doing it? And maybe that will inspire you to do a little something somewhere cause that you've always been thinking about. So it's not just – it doesn't have to be big. Yes. It doesn't have to be big. It's just that you're doing it, you know, right. and you're making a difference for, for, for other people. And, and that's putting positive into the world. And, you know, we are kindred spirits. And the beauty of that is when you start hanging with them, you keep <laughs> finding them, right? They, like it grows. Hey, yes. Hey, look, that I heard network people hanging out over there. We're going to go hang out with them. And the next thing you know, the party has now started. So Exactly. And, awesome. and it's even bigger than we thought. And look at, wow, now look, look at all these wonderful things that are happening and people that we know that we didn't know before. And so the world's not such a, a bad place and it's such a dark place anymore. It's all brave. Because, you know, that's kind of one of my pet peeves. You know, like a lot of people are walking around with their hands in their pockets, not doing anything. Well, you know, I'm not going to do anything because, you know, so-and-so is not doing anything. I'm not, you know, so we have all these people, you know, who maybe have good intentions, but they're just scared to make that first move because uh, they're not doing anything. So, you know, once you start to see some people, you know, it just I, I just I just believe that starts the chain reaction. So real quick before I take a commercial break here, though, Frankie, um, how do people get in touch with you if they have somebody they want to, you know, kind of introduce you to for the good radio? Network. Um, just email Coach Picasso, P I C A S S O, like the painter, at Rogers, R O G E R S dot com. Coach Picasso okay. at Rogers dot com. And the Good Radio Network, are you airing like every day of the week or? Um, not every day right now. Uh, Thursdays are my day. So every Thursday. Alrighty, stay with me. We'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back right after this. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Well, 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 welcome back. Welcome back. I am hanging out today with Coach Frankie Picasso. Before the break, she was telling us about the Good Network. I had a little uh, internet blurb there, but I want to make sure I got the uh, website right. Uh, Frankie, that is thegoodradionetwork.com, right? Correct. That's right. And you said Thursdays. Thursdays at 1 Eastern. 1 Eastern. Okay. Um, so before we go, I want to make sure I talk about these books that you have that give me a run for my money on the title. But let me start with <laughs> the easier one here, Midlife Mojo. Um, what What is that one all about? Midlife Mojo is geared toward people in midlife. However, it's for anybody, really. It is, um, in its essence, a prescription for change. So a blow-by-blow blow how to change your life. Okay. Yeah. And in, in six easy steps. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, like we get to because I will be 46 in July. So I'm thinking that, you know, sometimes people in that age bracket can get stuck in that. Well, you know, I'm too old for this or my time is past. So right. if I'm thinking if the title, it's kind of, you know, yeah, you two still have opportunity to make some changes, you know, become the best that you can possibly be. And all of those things. Is is that my take from the book? Oh, for sure. You know, um, I, I look at it this way. You've got probably at your age now a good 40 years to go <laughs> forward, right? You've got the benefit of, of hindsight, but really uh-huh. you've got 40 years or more to go, to go forward. And that's, um, half of what you've already done. So you can take that and, and just create a whole new life mm-hmm. in the next 40 years. And they're doing it. And, you know, especially with the lessons I've learned and the uh, walls that I've bumped my head into now, I know, you know, okay, Lana, you know, no, we don't do that now. So, you know, the next 40 years, hopefully, you know, some wonderful things will happen without the mistakes. I was 46, Lana, when I had my, my motorcycle accident. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully I don't have to have the motorcycle accident. Don't have, have the much accident. Of an <laughs> don't have the accident. But but do do uh, read the book. It's a good book for anybody okay. who, who wants to change their life or think about it. And and one of the things is it starts off really w- w- asking questions. Would you still have the same partner? Uh, would you still, you know, want to live in the same house or the same town? Like, just ask yourself these questions. If you're feeling this malaise and you're not really very happy, like, truthfully, go inside and say, you know, would I, would I, would I? And if the answer is no, then then change it up. You know, I I totally um, believe that you don't stay in a relationship for money. So, and I, I co-wrote um, the Noble Allowed with with Kelly Wallace, and Kelly and I were both the same in that. You know what? You don't stay in a relationship for money. The, it, money will come back to you. You leave because you cannot be happy. You cannot be happy when when that's the only reason that you're there. So really, um, ask yourself these these big questions, and then I tell you how to move on. And, and how to change your life. And it's and not think, that hard. No, you know, and I think what I really enjoyed about your book, because I clicked on the, um, the little blurb of it on Amazon, oh, is the, um, it's like a workbook thing, you know, and you're challenging somebody to actually put in the work to, you know, hear these questions, hear the tough questions, sit down and think about them. And, you know, I think that starts the process of making change, you know, when, you know, let me put in the work to see what is actually going wrong right here? Because if you don't know, you're just kind of flip-flopping around and, you know, I'll try this, I'll try that. But if you say, no, this is the problem and these are the steps I'm going to take to fix the problem, like you said, um, 
why did I pick the wrong partner? Was I not, I was not happy with my previous partner. So, okay, I, I wasn't happy with this person. What steps do I have to take to not choose that kind of person? Or what Again. do I have to do with, with my, yeah, with myself to make sure, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not in this repetitive cycle. So I really like that structure that you had, um, in the book there, you know, uh, it's in, not, in the start. not like just we talked about, right. There is a bit, a bit of a workbook. To, to midlife mojo. Last soon love is actually more of a workbook. But okay. in, in, in mojo, we talk about, um, beliefs and how to get over negative self doubt, how to get, you know, how to get past your fears, how to remove obstacles. And, um, you know, what's the difference between commitment and trying, uh, all of the, how to be unstoppable, you know, <laughs> all of those things we talk about so that there's no guessing game. I'm going to, Right from, you know, one through five, you're going to find out how you go about changing your life. And the biggest change, um, really is coming out of your comfort zone. That's mm-hmm. the big key. And I love that the Chinese have two characters for it. One is danger and, um, and, 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 ch- and change and, uh, an opportunity. So their character for change is danger and opportunity. Be, the danger is, you know, you come out of your comfort zone and it feels scary. But the opportunity is that's the only place that change can happen. True, true. And I, I don't think people really understand. Well, some people don't understand. Like yeah. the comfort zone is really death. You know, it's really suffocation. You know, it is. Um, I hear people. Well, one of my pet peeves is like oh, you'll hear people say, oh, well, I do it this way. My mother did it this way. Right. My grandfather did it this way. And I'm like, that's so, you know, that is death right there because now there's so many things that have evolved and changed and whatever. It's not like your great grandfather's times. So there's some improvements we could have made and it could now be actually better than the way you're living your life right now. You know, if you open your eyes and, and try, you know, something new, don't be comfortable in in that, you know, not just that. One of the things that I do talk about in how to change is those belief in that belief system is, is, um, asking yourself about that belief system because we, we are socialized into that. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, we don't recognize that we don't have to think that way. And, and so one of the easy tests that I, that I ask you, like, let's say you're afraid of spiders. Mm-hmm. Um, you're afraid of spiders because your mom was afraid of spiders, your sisters, sure. everybody in your family is afraid. But are you really like go and have a look at it and go, does that really scare me? You know, mm-hmm. does it really? And and you, that could be anything in your life. Um, the belief system that your family has, is it truly your belief system or is it you believe it because everybody else believes it? You know, you don't have to believe it. So mm-hmm. you can take yourself out of that socialized self and become your true self which is the other part of that title is how to become your true self. And that's the person that you were meant to be here, not the person that we created, that little Frankenstein that we created for <laughs> you, you, you know, or your generations and your family have created for you. Right. Awesome. Through, awesome. through their stories you know, <laughs> that they tell about you and, and what they told you you have to be. Yeah, exactly. So um, let's get to this one real quick here. No bull allowed. How to lose the losers and lasso, lasso in love. love. Well, that one is a workbook. And and that was based on 48 song titles. I figured that everything had been written about love in song from beginning, middle and ends of song. So we took song titles and we coached to that to that issue and, and then gave our personal history and stories around that. Um, and then the work came. And people have to do the work in order to change, you know, what they're getting, right? You can't have Brad Pitt if mm-hmm. you don't look like Angelina. Like, True. it's not going to happen. So True. you need to raise yourself up, whether it's through education, uh, diet, exercise, whatever. Um, you need to change who you are in order to attract or vibrate 
to a matching vibration. So as you raise your vibration, you're going to meet people with, you know, of the same or similar. Uh, it, it cannot happen that, that you're going to be at the bottom of the heap and you're going to get the top of the heap because it just, it can't happen. You need to change who you are and take that responsibility for that. And, you know, a lot of times women like ourselves, Alana, we, we attract, we have a, a, you know, this thing, this neon sign on top of our head and we attract people who need help. Because yes. we have that open personality say, I'll yes. help you. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to learn to turn that off per, in my personal life because I was attracting men who wanted help. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they look different. They all look different and they, they came in different shapes and sizes. But in essence, they all wanted me to do something for them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I said, no, that, you know, that's what people hire me for. I don't mm-hmm. want that. I'm not going to be somebody's mommy. So, right. so now that I learned to turn that light off to recognize it, turn it off. And then you attract a different species, <laughs> a different kind of guy. And Which that's is the guy you you're with now, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Somebody who's not afraid of that, who's, who doesn't need it, you know, and, and, and it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time about my late husband, you know, um, that was, you have to find somebody who is like the yin to your yang. So like you said, you know, it's, it's in our nature, nature, me and Frankie's nature to kind of, you know, help people, you know, transition to some better stage in life. And, you know, at some point in your life, it can be draining. You get these people attached to you that, you know, might leech you from time to time. Right. And the partner that I had at that particular time, he would say, look, babe, no, not today. You're, you're not going to do that today. Turn that off, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I would just go and go and go and go. So, you know, like, you know, with you, I'm, I'm hoping that you found a partner who's, you know, saying, okay, Frank, I appreciate that part about you. Um, I'm right. not going to abuse it. And you know what? On top of that, I'm not going to let anybody else abuse you, you know, cause you need to recharge your battery from time to time. So, right. Um, yeah, now, I did. Quick, I'm lucky. <laughs> we got it right this time. So real quick before we go, um, you do help other people become unstoppable just like you are. And you offer a variety of tools like coaching and stuff like that. So yes. um, what do people get if they sign on board to coach with Frankie? Oh, they get the unstoppable coach. <laughs> I, I say that I hold your belief for you um, until you can hold it for yourself because I do really, truly believe that everybody is capable of change. And if you want it, I'm a, I'm a real laser coach. I'm a tough coach and I'll get you there very quickly, but you have to do the work and, and doing the work really is uh, doing what I, what I ask you to do. And you, Coaching is is not about me telling you what to do. Coaching is about me asking you these wonderful, great questions and you coming up with the answers. But you have to come up with the answers. And I don't know isn't an answer. So if if you're willing to do that kind of work, like your whole life can change. Because what I love about coaching is this is honest to God truth. I've seen people change their lives in a nanosecond. Like the light bulb just went on and like, oh my gosh, is that what that was all about? You know, <laughs> truly. And, and it's just like a light bulb moment and boom, their life is on a new trajectory. It's fantastic. It's such a great modality. That's her dad's line. They're fantastic. Fantastic. (laughs) I am my father's daughter, just like you are. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, um, and they can find out um, about coaching on unstoppablefrankiepicasso.com. That's correct. All righty. So, give me the email address one more time that people can reach you. CoachPicasso at rogers.com. Roger, R-O-G-E-R-S, or Frank, or, or um, the Good Radio Network. Uh, but no, just go to, to Coach Picasso. It's the easiest. Coach Picasso at Rogers.com. And I answer for both places. 
All righty, all righty. Well, Miss Frankie, the hour is now up. It, it was such a pleasure, and it went so it's been fast. A real pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much. Lots all of right. fun. You're a great Bye. host. Thank you, thank you. Uh, my guest today has been the coach Frankie Picasso. Please visit her websites at unstoppablefrankiepicasso.com and thegoodradionetwork.com. Frankie, thank you for spending time with me today. Wish you all the best and continue to be unstoppable. That's all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There's always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed, and I'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm.